about the return of the king, I just think to myself, man, I want to look more and more and more like Christ. I want to look more and more and more like Christ and look like him when he returns. And so today we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll be starting in verse 6. So again, the, the chapter is the big number. The verse is the little number. And as you get there, I want to give you uh, some context and then the focus for us today. Some context of, of this passage is you, you have, especially in chapters 8 and 9, you have Paul who is specifically talking about uh, giving and talking about giving of money. And he's looking at the church of, at Corinth. And he's like, hey, the Macedonians over here, man, they're giving to the ministry. They're giving to the Lord. And then, in, again, in chapters 8 and 9, you have Paul looking at the church of Corinth and saying, hey, you guys are, are doing good. And you guys have promised these things. And I want to encourage you to continue to give to the Lord, to give to the ministry. And so there's a little bit of context of what's happening here. And so if you have uh, kind of a little subheading like my Bible does, it says generosity encouraged. And so a little bit of the context is this giving of money. But what I hope we see today is not just a focus of giving money um, and not just a focus of like, oh, man, we're just going to talk about money today. But an actual big idea and concept of the word giving and also how the Lord has gave so much to us. And how as we think about the return of the king, I want to be found obedient and more like Christ. And so I want to give you this focus for us today. And here's the focus that I want to put on the screen. Is that generosity is love in action. Generosity is love in action. And what I hope today is when you look at the word generosity or when you look at the word give, that you don't just think about money. Okay? I don't want you to just think about money. And, and I know sometimes in churches you're like, oh, church just wants my money. They're just going to talk about money. The pastor wants my money. No, that's, that's not the case at all. But what I want you to see is that generosity is love in action. And I want you to think about maybe growing up. I want you to think about someone who maybe you love. Do you, do you feel more loved when they take something away from you or when they give something to you? Just be honest. When they give. Man, you feel more loved when, when, when someone gives something to you. So love is, is this giving, it's this uh, uh, longing to give something to someone. And, and I, just, I just have to think, if generosity is love and action, I have to think of Jesus. I have to think of our King. And I have to think of how Jesus gave so much. He gave his life for us. And then I think about the Lord just from like Old Testament all the way to Revelation where we were last week. And I just think time and time and time again how the Lord gave. He gave you breath in your lungs. Man, I think about the Old Testament. Again, from the very beginning, he gave Adam and Eve all of these things. He gave grace. He gave mercy. He gave clothing. Throughout the whole Old Testament, you see God giving and giving and giving. And yes, God is also one who takes away. He's righteous. He takes away. But he's such a giving God. And so we look so much like Jesus whenever we give. And then I want you to think about some passages in Galatians and some passages uh, where it talks about, you know, this battle between the spirit and the flesh. You do understand that generosity is not a gift of the flesh. <laughs> You do understand that it is not comfortable or normal and not even like, it doesn't even feel good to give. 
Like to be generous, we're just like, ah, I just don't know if I really want to do that. So generosity is not really a gift of the flesh. It's more a gift of the spirit. Because as human beings, como humanos, man, we, we love to take. We love to be selfish. And so when we look at generosity is, is love and action. Man, we have to think of those moments where someone has looked at us and said, hey, I love you. And you're like, yeah, but you haven't shown it. You haven't been generous with your time. You haven't been generous with your life. You haven't been generous with your energy. You haven't been generous with your family. You haven't been generous. And so generosity is love and action. And so as we read this together, as we look at this passage together, that's the focus that I want us to have, that generosity is love in action. Generosidad es amor en acción. It's in action. And so we're going to be in verse 6. So starting in verse 6, it says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able. I think it's funny that it says able, that God is able. It doesn't say that God every time will. It doesn't say that God will always. It says God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Then verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will, all, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And then verse 11 is so important. It says, you will be enriched in every way so that you will be generous in every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so as we, you know, look at this passage and we read it together and we try to learn from it together, uh, point number one is this, is that God is the subject of our giving. God is the subject of our giving. Dios es el objeto de nuestro dar. And I want to answer some questions here because, you know, whenever we talk about giving, and again, not just giving money, giving of our life and everything, we talk about giving, we have to answer some questions of like, why do we give? Why do we give of our life? Why do we give of our time and our energy and our family? Well, because God is the subject of our giving. We have to remember that God is the one who gave first. God is the one who has loved first. So we love because he has loved first. We give because he has given first. And so there's a lot of Old Testament passages that we can look to, towards about, about how, you know, we are supposed to give of our first fruits, that we're not supposed to give leftovers, but the best. But again, I just want to point back to Scripture and even just thinking about Jesus and thinking about how God, the Father, didn't give his leftovers. He gave the very best. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, for us. 
for our enjoyment, for his glory. And he did it not because we were awesome. He, he did it not because, like, we're the best. He did it because we are pecadores, which is sinners in Spanish. Somos pecadores. We are sinners. So while we were still sinners, God the Father said, hey, hey here's, here's the very best that I got, and that's Jesus. That's what you need. You need my grace. You need him. And so whenever we look at why do we give, well, we see that God is the reason why. We see that he is given first, that he is the subject of our giving, that we are more like Christ whenever we give. And I want you to think about this. We are more like Christ when we give rather than we take. We are more like Christ whenever we give rather than take. And so we're being obedient to the Lord whenever we give. And again, I want you to think about Jesus. I want you to think about the king. I want the king to return in me. I want to be obedient. I want him to find me obedient. Man, Jesus gave his life. Like whenever I talk to husbands and wives, it's really funny because I look at them and I'm like, hey, I'm not married, but we're going to talk about this. And I look at them and I say, and I look at the woman first and I say, hey, you know, you're going to be a wife. You do know that biblically, you know, you, you have to submit and here's what that looks like. And she's like, yeah. And then I look at the, I look at the, at the husband and I'm like, hey, you do know you have to die. Like biblically... You have to die for your wife. Yes, we have this mutual submission, but as, as I look at her and say you have to submit in the same breath, I say you have to die. Give your life for her. Give your time and your energy. And again, sometimes we don't want to do that. Sometimes we don't want to be generous with our time. We don't want to be generous with our energy because we're so selfish. And so again, we look at why do we give? Well, God is the subject of our giving. But we give as well because it glorifies the Lord. It brings so much thanksgiving to him. And again, I want you to look at this verse and really just skip down to verse 11 real quick. Because we're going to use this entire verse. But verse 11, it says, You will be enriched in every way so that you will be generous in every occasion. And through us, your gener generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity will result in glorifying the Lord. And, you know, whenever we are singing praises to the Lord, because that's something else that we give. You know, we give praise to the Lord and worship to him. I love what one of my friends says. His name's Kyle, and he's led worship here a couple of times. I love what he says but he, because whenever he's leading, he goes, you guys, you do understand that you don't need another reason to worship the Lord, right? That the Lord is already worthy of your praise. You don't need another reason to give him your life and, and your energy and your time and your gifts and your talents because he is already worthy of that. And so why do we give? Because God is already worthy of everything that we have. And then lastly, again, answer this question of why do we give? God is the subject of our giving. You do realize, and I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. You do realize that you were born with nothing except for what was given to you. You do realize that everything you have is a gift. It was given to you. And so now, everything that was given to us was given so that we would give. You were given these talents in order to give it back to the Lord. You were given this time right now to give it back to the Lord. You were given your family 
to give it back to the Lord. You were given everything, your breath, in order to give it back to the Lord. And so God is the subject of our giving. But then there's another thing in, in here that we want to see, is that God is the source of our giving. Which is something that I touched on like really briefly, but we're going to go into it a little bit more. That God is the source of our giving. That God has given to us in order for us to give. And it's just so interesting how that works. That everything that we have was, was given by the Lord. So he's the source of that gift. He's the source of that talent. He's the source of that time. He's the source of that money. He's the source of that family. And as the source, we give it back to him. We give it back to glorify him. We give it back in order to benefit others. And I, I just think about my grandpa. So my grandpa's from Mexico. And, you know, he had an accent. And it was really funny. And uh, growing up, we would go to Sonic. So, like, he'd be driving. I'd be in the passenger seat. My, my little brother would be in the back. And uh, we'd get out of school. And we'd drive. We'd go to Sonic. And, and every time my grandpa wanted me to, like, yell out the window or my little brother to yell out the window, he's like, hey, you order you order the Sprite, you order the fries, you order that. Because every time he would go, he'd be like, hey, can I have a Sprite, a fries? Like he would add an E at the beginning of everything. He's, just, he's Hispanic and Mexican and it's awesome. And he's like, can I have a Sprite and a fries? And they would always just give us a ton of fries. He's like, no, a Sprite. And they're like, here's a ton of fries. And then he was like, can I have a large Sprite? And like, here's large fries. He's like, no, <laughs> that's not what I wanted. And so he'd have, he'd have this order and it was super funny. And my little brother, I just remember him, he was like, you know, five. He's like, can I have, can I have some fries, please? It was just so funny. But I remember one day we were, you know, we got some fries, went to Sonic, and we're headed to the church. And, you know, my grandpa's driving, and we have our fries. And uh, I remember my grandpa looking over at me saying, hey, can I have a French fry? And I was like, por qué? Why? And he's like, I want a French fry. And I was like, but they're my French fries. And he looked over at my little brother, Caleb, and he's like, Caleb, can I have a French fry? And he, Caleb, he's just so sweet. He's just so, he's like, yes, abuelito, you can have a French fry. And I was like, oh, you know, showing me up right now. And my grandpa looked at me again, and he said, Misael, ¿puedo tener un fry? <laughs> and I was like, no, they're my fries. And my grandpa looks at me and goes, Misael, you do know I bought those fries, right? He goes, technically, those fries are mine. I gave you those fries. The least you can do is give me one. He's like, those are my fries. And I was like, fine. So I gave him my fries. He just wanted one. But in the same way, it's just really interesting, like, when I think about that whole situation. In, in the same way, we have French fries. Bear with me, okay? We have French fries, which is either, you know, time, family, money, energy, gifts, whatever. And the Lord is saying, hey, will you give me a fry? And sometimes we're like, mm-mm, these are my fries. And the Lord's like, are you serious? Are you serious? I, I, I gave you those fries. I bought those fries for you. Why can't you give them back? I know it's silly. I know it's funny, kind of. But there are moments in our life that we are just so stingy with the things that have been given to us. And it's just like, Lord, if you are the subject, if you are the source of all things given, and I want to give to you. And so there's another question that we have to ask ourselves is like, what do I give? What do I give? How much do I give? And again, we're talking about way more than just money here. Here's the answer to that. Give what you have been given. Give what you have been given. 
you know, to some, the Lord has been, has gifted, you know, the talent of leading us in, in worship and music. And some of you should never step on the stage, and that's okay. That's totally okay. Some of these people on the stage should never lead, lead a small group. That's okay. Don't lead a small group. Give what the Lord has given to you. That's the answer to the question of what should I give and, and how much should I give. And again, we can go down the line of give your life your time, your energy. And we could even look at scripture uh, that talks about how we should offer our lives, that we should be a living sacrifice for the Lord. We could look at praise and worship and prayer, money and family and talents and giftings. Man, some of you are gifted with evangelism. Man, we need that gift. Don't, don't hold that to yourself. And the body of Christ needs that gift. The Lord needs that gift. And so there's so many things we could talk about of like what should I give and how much should I give. But then there's another, um, there's another thing about this scripture that I think is really interesting that gets to the heart of humanity and who we are. And it's this other question of how do we give? So not just what do we give, but, but how do we give? And so I want you to look at this passage again. And it says this, starting verse 6, it says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So right there it shows us that a way to give is sparingly. Well, that's interesting, giving sparingly. And then it says whoever sows generously will reap generously. So we can give sparingly. We can give generously. Verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Which again, giving is always a matter of the heart always a matter of the heart. But then it says, not reluctantly. So there's a way that we can give that's reluctant. We can give reluctantly. There's a way that we can give that is under compulsion. But then see how it ends. It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. So realistically, there's different ways to give. We can give sparingly, generously, reluctantly, under compulsion, but the Lord loves those who give cheerfully. Those who give their life and their time and their energy to serve, to love, to participate cheerfully. And I want to remind you whenever we take the Lord's Supper. Like whenever we take the Lord's Supper, you know, we get up here, we talk about how it's remembering the sacrifice of the Lord. Remembering his, his life, his death, his resurrection, the blood that was shed. But if you remember... Paul again, in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, hey, if you're fighting with a brother or sister, you should probably not take this until you make things right. Hey, if there's sin in your heart, you should probably repent before the Lord, before you take the Lord's Supper. And so it's interesting how there's a warning with the Lord's Supper of saying, hey, you should, you should probably do this before, before you taste and see that the Lord is good through the Lord's Supper. And it's interesting because it's almost like we have a little warning here of like, hey, if you're not cheerfully giving, you, sh you should probably back up and see where you need to repent, where you need to not be reluctant, where you, where you, not, where you need to not be someone who's under compulsion. So there's this warning here of like, if you're going to give, give cheerfully because the Lord is looking at your heart. The Lord is looking at the way you give. Not just how much you give. Again, we can point to scripture of how there is this woman who gave just two little pennies and gave way more than the people who gave a ton of money because of the way her heart was, her heart posture. So there's this warning here. 
And so there's a way that we can give cheerfully. And, and again, we just see how the Lord supplies every need. And because he supplies it, man, we give it back to him. And, and again, very practically, you know, you, we can talk about uh, even the money side a little bit of like how in the Old Testament there is like this 10% standard. And, and it was a tithe, not a tip. Okay, some people think it was like a 10% tip. It's like, no, it wasn't a tip. It was a tithe. Uh, it was a way and a standard that the Lord said, hey, give this much for my glory. Give this much for the work of the ministry. It was a standard. But the New Testament doesn't really have a 10% standard. The, the, the New Testament says give sacrificially. The New Testament says give cheerfully. That's what it says. Give cheerfully. So whether that's in money, whether that's in life, whether that's in talent, whether that's in resources, give what you have sacrificially. Sacrifice your time for people. And I just want to just take a moment and just tell you how proud I am of you guys. Um, some of you may know this, some of you may not, but uh, a couple of years ago, whenever First Baptist Church Owasso uh, came in and they really brought this place um, into, um, into Tulsa and, and what they were able to do was they just brought some people here and they brought finances here and they brought a lot of things here. And quite honestly, we would not be here without First Baptist Church Owasso and I'm just so, so thankful for them. But one of the things that, that was happening is that they were bringing in a lot of volunteers from Owasso and so when I got here, I said, man, this place needs to take ownership. This place needs to give of their time and their talents and their gifting and their families. And so slowly but surely, I told Owasso, hey, hold off on the volunteers that are being sent here. We need people here to raise up, to, to rise up and to give of their time and their talents and their families. And what's so cool is that you've done a great job of that. Yes, there are things that we can do better. Yes, we need more people to serve. I mean, that's everywhere. But what's amazing is that I've seen people from this place rise up and say, okay, we are going to take care of our place, of our people, of our community. And so I just want to take a moment and just say that I'm really proud of you guys because, um, you know, there are some people who are questioning that decision. Uh, and I said, listen, the people here are resilient. The people here love this community. It's going to be okay. And it has been. And so I'm really, really proud of you guys. And so the last thing, um, as we look at this passage together of, of really, you know, the Lord being the source of, of everything that we give, there's another question that we have to ask here in regards to giving of our life and our money and our family and our energy. And it's the question of this, of like, to who or to what do we give? To who or to what do we give? That's another question that we ask ourselves. And if you let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a little deeper question here. Who or what do we trust enough <laughs> to give? To who or to what do I trust enough to give? Obviously, I think we trust the Lord enough to give to the Lord. But what does that look like? To who or to what very practically well, again, very practically, we give to the Lord. But some other places and people that we give to are our families. Don't neglect your family. Give to your family. Don't neglect your friends. Give to your friends. Man, give to them. Give to people. Like, don't give to organizations. And, and I would even say, don't give to a Christian organization. What I say, give to people. 
And people are part of an organization. People are part of the church. People are part of these things. Give to people because we are all about people. God is all about people. Jesus was all about people. It's all about the people. And so who do we trust and what do we trust in giving men and give to people? And then, obviously, there are organizations and there are churches. And so here's some things I just maybe want to have you think about. I want you to think about how Jesus, again, stood and he was looking at Peter and he was saying, hey, I'm going to establish something called the church. And that's going to be my primary weapon. The church, la iglesia, will be my primary weapon against the gates of hell. Against the evil ones, against all of the evil spirits, the church is my primary weapon. And so there's some things to think about. If like, if we're going to give to people, if we're going to give to the Lord, man, is it, is it fair to say we should give to the primary weapon that Jesus established against the gates of hell? And again, I'm talking about way more than just money here. Am I going to give of my time and my energy, of my thoughts, of my heart, And am I going to give that to God's number one weapon? And then, you know, obviously, we want to give to things that actually have an impact. We want to give to things that we know are going to change things for the better, that's going to change a kingdom perspective, that's going to bring a kingdom perspective. Things are going to come in and say, okay, we we have this vision to truly impact people and communities and the state of Oklahoma and who knows where else. And we want to give to impact. And, and that's why here I always try my best to show you like we here have a strategy to seek and to strengthen and to send people. We want to seek. We want to be those people who unapologetically take the first step to love and to see individuals, to see them restored by Christ. And we want to strengthen people. We don't just want them to like sit down and and do nothing. Again, we want to be unapologetic in growing people in their faith, growing them to mature in their love and knowledge of the Lord. And again, not just to sit down, but to be sent. To be sent to use their time, their energy, their family, their resources, their talents for the Lord. And again, when we look at the scripture, we see that everything that we give has already been given. And, and God is able of so much. God is able to do so much with so little. He's able to do far more than we could ever think or imagine. And I know whenever people talk about giving, whether it's money or in the broader sense like today, some people try to do like a one-to-one ratio. Like if you give, then you will be blessed. Or if you give, if you pray, then the Lord will bless you. Friends, familia, it's, it's not a one-to-one ratio. It's not a if you do this, then this will happen. What it says is that God is able to bless. And what's amazing is that what God blesses is obedience. What God blesses is faithfulness. What God blesses is that you would have a heart directed towards him of saying, Lord, I will give my life. You have given, I will give my life to you. Not just one aspect of my life, but every aspect of my life. 
And so today is, is a great day to say, how am I giving to the king that is going to return? How am I giving today to the king who has given everything that I have, everything that I own, everything that I will have in the future that has been given, even just the energy to work, the energy to take care of my family, the energy to have friends, the energy to study in school, the time that I have. Because in my opinion, and this is just my opinion and, and we can disagree, but time is the most precious thing that I have. And so if I can give my time, I'm giving my life. And so I just wanna encourage you with that and encourage you about how, as we think about the return of the king, man, generosity is love in action. So let's go ahead and pray together. Señor, gracias porque tú nos has dado todo. Lord, thank you that you have given us everything. Señor, gracias por tu palabra que nos enseña que nosotros debemos de dar con gozo. Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us that we are to give cheerfully, not reluctantly, but cheerfully. Lord, I praise you for the people and family and friends here in front of me that have given so much. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge and encourage those who maybe haven't given their life to you and maybe haven't been challenged or encouraged to, to give in other aspects of their life. Maybe they're not serving where they need to serve. Maybe they're neglecting family. Maybe they're not using their, their talents. Maybe they're not giving other resources. But God, I pray that we would be a church that cheerfully and willingly gives to you and to people. God, help us have a, a better understanding of how generosity is love in action. God, personally, I, I want to be generous with my time, with my finances, with my family, with my friends. I want to be generous with my energy. God, you are worthy. You are just so, so worthy. You are worthy of everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.